Hi, I'm Ethan. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a guest with me. Introduce yourself. What's up? My name is Angel Baena, also known as Angel B. And um, back in high school, I had a nickname called Ballena. And I'm still, or my nickname in high school was Ballena. And sometimes I still have people call me that, which is cool. Ballena? That was in high school. Are you in? Are you still in high school? No, I'm currently a first year student here at the University of Austin. Surely you met the University of Texas at Austin. What a uh, what, what's what do you what do you study? Perhaps I'm an undeclared major, but I'm in Moody College of Communications. Oh, Moody! Do do, do you know what you want to study? Maybe advertising, uh, PR, communication leadership. Like like what what are you looking at? Communication leadership interests me. I have a class for it. Super interesting. Um, maybe a double minor in like PR advertising. So trying to figure out a lot of things. I have a lot of interests, a lot of passions that I want to partake in. Want to see where that takes me career-wise. Okay. So you were telling me something about uh, a hard drive. You're looking for a hard drive. Why perhaps are you looking for a hard drive? Yes. Um, I am currently in the market for a portable hard drive, specifically one with a large amount of storage data, perhaps in the, maybe even the terabytes area. Yeah. Um, but the reason I'm looking for it is because I currently have 4,000 pictures on my phone dating back to around the time I was in eighth grade, freshman year, all the way to senior year. And now it's, it's a lot of storage that I need, but I don't want to lose those pictures. They matter a lot to me. So why do you need a hard drive? Uh, have you looked into like some of like the cloud storage options that exist? Like, uh, I don't know. I know Google Photos isn't free anymore, but you can Google Photos. Like Amazon, there's like Dropbox, a lot of other stuff. Like, like uh, is it, yeah, but what have you looked into on that? Yeah, for sure. Um, on my phone itself, I have an iPhone 11, which guarantees me a 64 gigabyte amount of storage just internally, right, on the phone. I've currently used all my iCloud storage for photos, which is basically like five gigabytes, which is not much. And I have to pay every month if I want to continue to have more storage. I don't have that kind of money. And another thing, I've yes, of course, I've looked at Google Photos, Google Drive. How you say Google Photos is not a thing anymore, I believe. But Google Drive, it's also limited storage. But the reason I want a portable hard drive is because once I hope to transfer all my photos, data, whatnot, into that hard drive, I like to keep, I'd like to keep that physically on me to know that all those memories and all those beautiful moments, even if they're like super small, dumb pictures, I love them, right? And I want to keep them with me like physically and whatnot. I don't know, because I, I, don't, I don't really worry about like, I don't know, I just take photos and I think, because I, I have I have Google Pixel and it just uploads them to my Google account that just holds, I don't know how many, how many, how many photos this, this has, but I mean, in the every month, sorry, every three months, I take around 1,500 photos. Okay. So, uh, but I only really started taking a lot of photos probably this time last year. So I probably have total maybe like 8,000 photos max, but I haven't really hit any form of cap. Uh, yeah, but like, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's that, that's interesting because I I I have like the Google Photos app, and that's where I don't know if it's like just the Photos app on the Google phone or if it's like Photos that's like somewhat integrated with the Google ecosystem. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. Uh, so you, you say these photos are important to you, but like I don't know how often do you go back through and like look at your photo? Like if your all your photos got deleted today, like like what what, what would you do? 
A, I would cry. No, I'm joking. I would. It would really hurt, honestly. And that's the reason I want to back these photos up as quick as possible. It's because these 4,000 photos, how I said, they back to a really long time. And they you could you could physically see the change in these photos of like me, my family members. And it, it just, it takes you back. Each individual photo takes you back to a certain moment, a certain place in time where perhaps your mindset was different. Perhaps what you enjoyed was different. Perhaps your perspective on life was different. And it's just, it's a really crazy thing to know that that's in the past. But I do tend to look back at these photos when things are going really wrong in my life and I'm just like, dang, let me just look back to see how things were. Like, did these things really matter? Did these things really bother me and whatnot? And just looking back at like beautiful pictures of sunsets of my family, of time I was in, um, at a certain school, doing a certain event, a sports, uh, traveling, whatnot. And it's just, it's super cool. How I can like keep that on me if I, um, like, have a portable hard drive, which I hope to like never lose, obviously. What if you just like decrease the resolution on the photos? Like, I feel like you could store a whole bunch that way, you know, just like, just like you get a hard drive, just like make them like 144 by 144 pixels. It's, it's like you're playing, looking at Minecraft up here and then you just have these photos. Like, you know what they are in your, in your mind's eye, but like, you don't need the full photo, you know? I don't, I don't know. That's that's probably not really a good idea, but you know, you know, it it, it, it do be like that sometimes. No, yeah, I, um, I agree with you. I could just delete repetitive ones, which I plan to do as well, and I'd like to keep the full like size of these images because they contain like decently good quality. I mean, some pictures on that on my iPhone, date back to my iPhone 11 and my iPod, or backwards, my iPod, my iPhone 11. And they have decently good cameras. And the reason I want to keep those great images as well is because if I have them as full images, I don't know, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, hopefully, you know, I live a long, healthy and good and fun life. And I pass down these pictures. I pass down these memoirs and and adventures so I could physically show to my kids or my grandkids like hey this is what I what I was doing on a certain day yeah I think that's definitely really cool to like keep a memory of those photos I know way back in the day they'd like print them out and then and then they'd have them and I uh recently I went to uh like a family function and they had they were pulling out old like uh binders of photos from whenever they like first came to America stuff like that and I, th I think that's really cool and everything on di going digital you kind of like lose a little bit of that um yeah yeah um i feel like there are definitely ways that exist to like keep your photos in existence without like you can put them somewhere that has like keeps the data online like you make a discord server with yourself and you just upload the photos into the discord server and but that'll only last as long as discord does which i don't know i seem like discord doesn't go anywhere but like the same thing you do for like Instagram or something like that. For instance, uh, back in 2020, I got a new phone. Uh, and my old phone, uh, like, I, I knew that, like, I would lose all the photos on it. And I was like, dang, what photos do, do I want to keep? So what I did was uh, I, I, I straight up went to Discord uh, and I sent the, the things to myself. And these are the only uh, photos from my old phone. Uh, 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven photos are the only photos I have for my old phone. And these are the ones that I decided I was going to keep all the other ones really like I could do without them. And most of those ones are just like fun, cool things. Like nothing that's actually super duper meaningful. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm not a sentimental person. Like I can, I can leave, I can leave things. I can leave pictures. I can leave people behind. You know how it is. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I totally understand that. And how you say like leaving them on like folders or in folders or Instagram, Snapchat and whatnot. Yeah, I definitely have thought about that. Like, especially like, like, well, I don't have Snapchat anymore, but I have Instagram, like adding them to like, you know, your, your memories or your files or your folders within like your, your Instagram profile. But then, but yet again, it's 4,000 pictures. You know what I mean? How many pictures can you really save on there? And only God knows like what, where these apps will be in, in certain time, like what will happen to them? Like, and I'm not saying for good or for worse, but you know, things are going to change. And it's just, I I want to continue being able to use my phone for those same moments, how you say, so I can one day look back on them, even physically, like print them out and put them into my uh, picture books. Yeah. yeah. So how often do you go back and like look at your photos? Like how often do you do that? Definitely in the moment, I would say. Like, if somebody asked me, like, do you remember this? I'm like, yeah, I do remember this. And I go back to it specifically. And, or, either when I'm completely bored, just want to see what I was doing on a certain day. Or, if, yeah. Or just to see, like, what I like doing is I like zooming out on my phone. Because on Apple, or on an, an Apple device you can zoom out physically to date back to certain months and days and i do it for years and it's just just to see this array of color in these pictures and how different they are it just remind, it just i don't know it just gives me a sense of like gratefulness to know that i have been able to be a part of this like really colorful and vibrant journey so you go to ut you're a regular here of sorts at the university catholic center what is your favorite room in the building? I kid you not, it is the one we're probably in right now. Or are in right It probably is the one we're in right now. It is St. Matthew's room. And the reason I love it so much, I kid you not, is because of this background sound and this scent that comes from this bergamot cypress candle. I love coming in here at any time of the day Turning that candle on, sitting here, studying here, laying down, taking a nap. It's just something about that candle. It's just so amazing. I love it. And it has couches. It has a table. It has a fan if you get hot. It has blankets if you get cold. There's a crucifix above the door. Like, so cool. Do you know why the crucifix is above the door? I do. I do. Um, well, in a sense, I do. Um, I definitely know... You know, the tradition of the, I'm just trying to remember my scripture or scripture itself. In when God told Moses that he was going to pass through the land of Egypt and basically like wipe out anyone whose door was not, was not marked with, was it blood of lamb? The blood of the lamb lamb across their door. He wouldn't, he was, if we saw that, if, if God, when he passed through, 
as plague to destroy everything that was evil, evil in a sense. He promised that whatever door was marked red, he would he would not pass and he would let be in peace for the night. And that is why we hold crucifixes up above the door in the Catholic faith because it represents that blood of the lamb protecting the 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 peace and beauty of the people within that rumored house. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. The fact that uh, in the in the Old Testament you have the, the according to Jewish law like the unblemished lamb, and you put the blood of the lamb on top of the doorpost to, so that the angel of death passes over your house. So too, uh, we put the blood of the lamb over our doorpost, the blood of the lamb, the lamb of God, such that uh, sin and death pass over us, and we enter into eternal life with Him. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, this is this is for sure one of my favorite rooms too. Uh, yeah, it's definitely nice in here. It's funny. I think these plaques used to be in the St. Mark room, but now they're here. I actually don't know. Uh, but yeah, my, my boy, St. Matthew, is a cool guy. Do, do you have a favorite saint, perhaps? I do, I do. I have favorite saints, plural. Yeah. Um, growing up, the presence of St. Benedict was definitely strong, right, in my life. Him being the kind of... Well, his his love for Christ allowed his love for Christ allowed him to receive the promise of the Saint Benedict Medal, which promises, in a sense, protection against evil, uh, wickedness, demons, spiritual oppression, right? And just just knowing how powerful that can be is is beautiful, right? It, it's healing, it's health, it's protection, it's peace. Like that's beautiful. Um, Saint Michael the Archangel, just that authority that Christ gives him sorry that authority that Christ gives him to kind of defend you know everything that is good everything that is beautiful and even doing that by like just a really like I don't know like great like battle against evil and just like you know like him slaying the dragon so to speak the enemy it's, it's a beautiful thing Slay. Very much so. Very much so. Another one could be just like devotionals, of course, to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Um, Our Lady, of course. Uh, Mother Mary. As well as, I would say, a favorite piece of mine. Just, um, I believe it is sculpted or was sculpted by Michelangelo's La Pietà which means the pity. Um, it's a beautiful piece of art in in Vatican City in Rome where it depicts Christ laying, into Mary, laying on Mary's arms as um, he has just been brought down from the cross after being crucified. Yeah, I definitely like that one too. I, I think I have multiple pictures on my phone. Like every time I see one of those at a parish I go to, I like to take a picture of it. So there's one at like my home parish. There's one at, and there's one at like the, so I go to a Vietnamese parish. There's one there. And then there's also like an American English speaking parish near my house and they have one there too. So yeah, that's, that's definitely something that's really cool. And I've actually gone to Vatican City to see the, the actual one. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's larger than the ones at my parish. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really have, arm scale because I saw it like from a relative distance but it, yeah it's it, 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 it's it's quite large yeah. that is very cool that's a beautiful thing that you're able to go to Vatican City to see that I'd love to do that someday I have a 
a big wish to travel and visit Europe and visit just art and all these great places. And I don't know, it's just so beautiful, especially like, and the reason I asked, like, was it different in size? Obviously, yes. Whatever, which ones we see else in the world, they're replicas. But in, like, for example, Michael, uh, David by Michelangelo, that piece is huge. It is the size of, like, a two-story building, and it's insane. And it's the fact they see it in pictures, and it looks like just a simple six-foot, five-foot-tall guy, you know what I mean? And just, like, how, like, incredible... And I was talking about this, or we were talking about this in my one of my UGS courses, like, after visiting the Blind Museum here at, here at UT Austin, like, just how you can see the toned muscles, and you can see, like the beauty of of that like human form obviously the idea behind it is to show it you know in a very glorious and like peak human form type of way but it's just the way he, michelangelo is able to do that it's it's insane like art is so beautiful and it's it's so wonderful to appreciate it's a blessing you uh you a big art guy i would say i am i would say i am it depends what art but i do say i can appreciate a great piece of art so uh have you been to the Blanton Museum of Art uh, right over here at UT? I have. I have. I've gone twice. The first time, I really wanted to go on my own. Um, museums, I think, are definitely to be appreciated with time, but also with quietness and it's perhaps some like solidarity. So you can opinionate or allow your thoughts to flow on what it is you're looking at, whether it be a physical sculpture or a piece on the wall. But yes, I have gone twice. And the first time I saw it completely through, second time I saw some pieces for specific purposes, you know, on an assignment for my UGS course. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm from Houston and we have the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston and it's really big. It's like uh, orders, it's like an order of magnitude larger than the Blanton here. Uh, it's probably like, uh, I'm, I'm like eight, nine times larger. Uh, it's really big. Like every time I go, uh, I spend like four five hours there it's 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 really nice really big collection uh and I, i've been to blanton it, it's, it's 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 cute it's cute it's cute yeah 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 no yeah i'd agree i would say like it is it is very nice it is small and how you say yes it is cute but there is a beauty to museums i mean of course you have a right as a human being to like something and not like something right so you're not gonna find everything you see interesting you might even find some of it boring and it's understandable you know how they say What's the phrase? Art is objective? Subjective. subjective, which means, in my terms, it would mean that you have a right to opinion on what you think is good or not. You know what I mean? It's based on your taste and what and your likeness. But yeah, I'd say that one day I'd like to visit um, these great pieces of art, you know, in real life. You know what I mean? Like the, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, uh, the Deleuve um, in France, Paris, of course. And yeah, just explore the world. Big museum guy. I've been to both of those, and they're they're definitely very nice. Uh, yeah. So I guess when I go to the Museum of Fine Arts, uh, when I take people there, I I I when was the last time I went by myself. It's been a while. Most of the time, like uh, friends of mine are in Houston, I'll take them there. But uh, there are kind of like three main like categories. There's like kind of like historical art, like almost like historical artifacts kind of thing. Then there's like uh, paintings, and it's all just paintings, basically starting from uh, the earliest paintings, uh, uh, no, the the earliest paintings, the the earliest paintings is is like uh, it's mostly like like Christian like Christian oh, art, uh, like Renaissance. 
a, a little bit a little bit back, but not 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 too far back. And then basically go until uh, the modern times. And then uh, so the, there's like the artifact section, the painting section, and then there is the modern art section. I guess of those three, like what do you prefer? Modern art is one of the things that a lot of people have opinions on. Like, do you like modern art? Do you not like modern art? Some some people I know are just like, you just took a canvas and did random stuff to it, and you call it art, make money. What, what, what are your thoughts on kind of like the modern, I guess, art landscape and then modern art specifically? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, so I definitely like. You'd said, older art, which was considered what? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I do, obviously, yes, those are a part of history. Those are a part of just civilization and, and the history we've had as humans over a large span of time. And that's a, that's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing to be able to have those still, you know what I mean? Kind of like one day well, somebody's going to look at my hard drive and be like, what's this? You know what I mean? What's in this hard drive? <laughs> but yes, they like, and then there's um, in between what you said was, Paintings, yes, paintings such as like oil on canvas, whatnot, uh, famous paintings, uh, modern takes on other subjects, you know, other subjects on modern takes. Um, I definitely say that when it comes to modern art, I find it hilarious. The concept of you just grab the banana, put a <laughs> grab tape and stuck it to the wall. Yeah. but there, there that's what it makes it's funny and we laugh because i think that's what makes it art it's not necessarily what it is it's just the fact that you were able to think that through and say this is gonna be hilarious and just splat it on the wall that's that has that is art itself you know what i mean how we say art is subjective like that even is art the fact that you you had this whole thought process behind it decided to do it whether it be for a purpose or for no purpose at all right some people Especially when it comes to movies, I would say people are like, they look so super into movies and they're like, this movie does this, it does that, it, it talks about this, talks about that. And yes, that could be the artist's perspective and the director's like idea behind it. But he could also be just joking completely. And he's like, this is going to be hilarious. It is going to send people down this wormhole, this loophole of just thinking about what it's truly about. And when in reality, that's the whole point for you to to continue in thought and thinking like, what is this really about when it's just a banana and a piece of tape to the wall? But it does speak volume, and it depends from which perspective you're hearing it from. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty good take on art. Just like how, uh, yeah, you can kind of interpret meaning from it. By the end of the day, like the fact that it, like the what makes it art is the fact that someone has presented it as an art piece. Because when you put that, like a banana can always be taped to a wall, yeah. but the fact that someone like had partially the gall to say it, but also the level of presentation to say like this is art and it's like it's like that that's at that point that's when it starts becoming this like distinct entity that itself can you can draw specific meaning from uh yeah and i think there's a certain rhetoric as well to like saying that this is art and then that's when it really has the effect as art because like no one's arguing about this pillow in this shape because it hasn't been presented as art but once i say like oh i i fashion this specifically this is an art piece then you start saying hmm what is he trying to do here is this is he being weird is he being ridiculous like like well, what is the meaning what isn't the meaning does stuff like that yeah i think that definitely has a lot to do with the uh, art yeah 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 so i guess a further question is uh, we've talked a lot about uh, art about uh, you storing your photos. Yes. So I guess it's like, 
I think another way that like stories in cultures are kind of like not not solidified, but kind of like uh, become enculturated is through music, where like music is like a common way for cultures to like uh, both communicate in themselves and like have an artifact of their culture, as in the music that they sing. Oh yes, I love that you bring up that topic. I was actually like thinking about like art in general, and I was like. Where could where could we take this? And you're right, music is insane. It is insane. Plur- like just I was gonna say plural, but wouldn't be the right word. It's just it's insane. Period. It's just it's crazy how beats, rhythm, notes, all of this is something we don't see, right? But we feel it in our in our hearts, in our in our bodies. It is something that moves and flows through us. It's kind. Of, it's like the soundtrack to our lives. It's it's just, it's similar to to the movie Ratatouille by by Disney's Pixar. How Remy begins to bite a piece of cheese and a grape, and individually these things have a lot of flavor and a lot of meaning. But once he like combines them together and makes new, he gets those visuals in his head where it's just like it's it's basically like ecstasy. He's like exploring all these different opportunities, and that's what music is. It's you can't see something, but you feel it and you know it. And it and it's real, even if it doesn't seem that way. And there is an insane amount of genres, insane amount of ways of producing music, of making music, of appreciating music. It defines culture. It's it's a, it's a definitely a big language. It's a big language, probably one of the most important ones we use to this day. You know what I mean? Like it's it connects us. It can separate us. But it definitely says a lot about who you are when it comes to what you listen to and why you listen to it and how. And yeah, super cool. Do you have a favorite genre of music or a favorite song? Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'd say my favorite is the genre within the Spanish language called reggaeton. So as far as I know, the genre derives from Afrobeats, Mumbathon, and Reggae combined to create reggaeton. Now reggaeton, quote unquote, comes from, because it really, the movement initiated, it's called the Urban Latin or Latino Urbano genre. It originates from the islands of like Puerto Rico the Dominican Republic, but they've been, become super popular in Latin American countries, plural. And they've become popular in the U.S. and European countries worldwide. There's a lot of beauty to reggaeton, um, not just in the, in the beats and the rhythms it confines or creates, but also the language it speaks through like the movement, this like kind of like what it gives you, this feeling, this uh, like a nostalgia. I don't know this this feeling that you want to get up and move and dance, even if you don't know how to. You know what I mean? Energy. This energy. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Definitely that. I th- I'd say that would be one of my one of my biggest. But I do appreciate a lot of different music, right? Like I appreciate pop, rap. Um, I used to listen to EDM a lot growing up. Um, some rock, some alt. 
some country, um, some bachata, some cumbia. I'm a very big fan of cumbia as well. Some norteñas. And it's just different countries presenting different kinds of ideas of music. And then there's subgenres. And there's subgenres to subgenres. And it keeps going. And it just keeps going. And it's just, it's so crazy. Like, it's so insane. It's such a, like, it's definitely a demonstration of how human creativity just flows. And it just keeps doing that. And hopefully, it will always do that. You know what I mean? Are you are are you are you a music guy in terms of like making music or like playing musical instruments? Are you uh you do any of that? As much as I can talk about it, no, I am not. I just I am a, I feel as though being a very indecisive person, I'm also very impatient sometimes. You know what I mean? It's not our qualities, but it's our definitely our negatives in a sense. My negative would be that that I I am sometimes very impatient and so learning a new instrument is Difficult. And it's just, I believe that we all, and I'm not, I know I'm not the only one who can attest for this, but I know that a lot of people, their creativity flows in different ways. To me, my creativity allows me to appreciate music like far crazier than I could be able to appreciate in making it and like dissecting it. You know what I mean? I, I definitely enjoy the adventure I'm on as a final product. And what it could be, but to me, created that to me, create that is very difficult. Just on a personal level, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I like music, but I'm I'm not I'm not out here either making music or even playing music. Yeah. What is your favorite cookie? Oh, interesting. I don't know if I would say this is a hot take, but I enjoy a really good oatmeal raisin cookie. Chocolate chip is super solid. It's nice. Snickerdoodle, super solid. Super great. Oatmeal, raisin. Oh, yeah. I really like it. It's just, it provides a sweet, like, you know that thought right after you eat something salty and just so flavorful, and you're just like, I just want something sweet. Oatmeal, raisin cookies do that for me. Is it like a texture thing? Is it like a taste thing? Do you like oatmeal? Do you like raisins? I guess, like, uh, what's the, what's the logic? Hmm, my logic would be that there is no logic. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not sure because oatmeal on its own, I would agree, I don't like. Mainly because of texture and lack of taste. Just, Yeah, just on a personal note, right? It's not gross. It's just, I don't know, it's not my cup of tea. And raisins on their own as well. Like, I wouldn't just eat raisins on their own, even though, you know, they're good, right? But just, I don't know, oatmeal raisin, sure, the texture, just the way the... The way the cookie crumbles, um, <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> yeah, just the way it, it breaks apart and you're able to eat it and you're able to enjoy it. And it's like, it's not something that leaves you wanting more, especially when it's a home-baked oatmeal cookie. It's something that satisfies what you were looking for. A little bit of saltiness, definitely a sweet cookie. It just it has a, a well-rounded satisfaction to it when at the end of the day when you eat it. What is your favorite color? My favorite color, I'd say it varies. I, as you can see by my, maybe my sense of style or my backpack and its keychains, it's very colorful. The audience at home cannot see, so go ahead and describe it just a little bit. Yes, for sure. I have a ton of keychains on my backpack and each one really represents something in my life and its importance, for example. I have uh, a lanyard attached to it from my old high school. 
I have a lanyard that has the Mexican colors on it. I have a a, a keychain that that was a that was a Canes like toy from back home. All of my friends from a certain group, so from a certain friend group, have them. I would hope. Um, there's a class of 2023 bracelet attached. There is just a bunch of different things and. And what I'm wearing now, I'm wearing a pink shirt and I don't know, just color. I love color in general. The colors, um, blue, pink, they mean very con- contrast. I love that. Black, gray, white. Um, definitely love those. I'm a big fan of brown, a tan, a beige. I just think it's such a natural, like, earthy, vibey sort of deal that's very appealing to me especially when it comes to style you know what i mean it can almost be used in any context if you really really want it to be okay you like a lot of colors so how do you feel about purple and or yellow do you like yellow i don't know purple is a very strong color and yellow is too just not in the same way it's a very vibrant color that gives off a different energy than of what a purple does. Purple gives a very, not warmth, but a very aggressive, I don't know. It's just, I feel like the way I feel music is the way I feel color. It it, it gives you a sense of like, it's right in your gut. You you know what it is. You know, you feel it. And just purple isn't my thing. I don't like it on its own. Sometimes it can be a very beautiful thing, but pairing it with like a pink, it gives like a very melodic, right, sort of feel. And then blue or red, just those, that color spectrum, it gives it a different vibe, different energy. Um, although I do not like yellow per se, I do like a lot of the things it's associated with. Joy, happiness, vibrant energy, the sun, you know, the warmth it provides for us as humans. The sunflower, super cool. Yes. It's just, I don't know, it's just a great flower and it's yellow, you know what I mean? And even though I would say I almost hate the color yellow, just, I don't know, that just the fact that it's a part of the sunflower is so cool. You hate the color yellow. Man, That's that seems, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a very like you don't you don't yeah I I guess you don't like yellow yeah it's a, it's a nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Well, maybe hate is a strong word. I really dislike it just because it's such a hard thing to match with style wise. Pair it up with anything. I don't know. Are these your favorite colors, Ethan? Purple and yellow, Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. I would have so much I could opinion on these colors, but I feel like I'm drawing blanks. Like it, they're super cool. They're super interesting on their own. Just I don't know. They're so, they're colors that aren't my taste. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I, oh, I do, although I do love just the color spectrum in general. Just the colors: red, blue, brown, black, white. I don't know why those. I guess I feel like they're very solid colors. Green is really nice too. It de- it really just depends on this context too, like the earth, you know, life. 
lime green. It's a solid color. I would add it to the purple and yellow though. <laughs> Why? What? What's going on? What's What's your thought process behind what I'm saying? So, I have favorite colors. My favorite colors are. Uh, it starts off with like purple, okay. then it's probably yellow, and then it's green, but only lime green. I hate forest green colors. Like oh. like like I I basically I don't like dark greens, and then I don't like red, uh, and. White is is kind of meh, but it's mostly those two colors. Like I'm fine with most blues. I prefer like a royal blue to a baby blue. Uh, I, I pink is fine. I like pink. I, I like orange quite a bit. Uh, yeah, uh, but the red and the green just 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 don't the red and the darker green just don't do it for me. And then black black is great. Love black. Love gray. Love all the shades in between. And those, those those are nice. Okay, okay. I respect that. I definitely respect that. If I like something personally on my own. It's because I have a reason for it, right? And if I dislike something, it's because I have a reason for it. But I'm not going to hate on anybody who, who, how you say, really loves the color purple and really yellow. I could definitely see why or how you would like it, right? What about colors associated to things? Like, for example, Christmas. The colors of red and green are very present. What is your opinion on that? So, I love Christmas. Christmas is great. And I love, like, the the... I think the color scheme is distinct and cohesive with itself. It's just those individual colors I don't really like. Also, another thing is the the high school I went to. The co- the theme colors is basically Christmas colors. The, the that that dark green, the red, and the white. And I I wasn't too big a fan of the color scheme just because I don't like the individual colors. But I think like as a Christmas thing, very acceptable, especially when we have like the red and the white. Uh, I I I think that's pretty cool. And just in terms of Christmas in general, I'm a big Christmas guy. I love singing. Christmas songs when it's totally not Christmas. Uh, I was singing Christmas songs at the UCC earlier today. Uh, in the middle of summer, I'll start singing Christmas. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. For oh, for uh, I was cook team lead for welcome retreat, and the first day our theme was just wear Christmas stuff. So I had like my Santa hat on. It's in like, like August. I I think it's a good time. Love that. Yes, I love that. I love holidays so much. Specifically Thanksgiving. And Christmas. I would close third, I would add I would tier it from Christmas being one, Thanksgiving being two. Those can be switched around. But three, New Year's and New and the holiday that is New Year's Eve. I just I love holidays and, and it's it's a, it's family, it's warmth, it's togetherness, it's celebrating what matters. You know what I mean? It's forget about all the problems you have, forget about all the career choices you want to make, forget about all the, even though it's not, and I'm saying this, you know, from a very like perspective of mine, I know that the holidays can be hard times for very, a different amount of people, right? It's just what they initially are meant to represent are very beautiful things to me. Yeah. uh, I definitely like uh, Christmas a lot. I like Thanksgiving a good amount too. Uh, but my favorite holiday is Chinese New Year. Yeah. Right. Uh, do, 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 do you perhaps celebrate Chinese New Year? I do not. But I am very interested in learning more. Can you please tell me more, Ethan? Uh, yeah. Basically, it's it's New Year's. And on New Year's, you just like the family gathers. We eat good Asian food. And sometimes it's not even Asian food. Sometimes we'll eat like steak. But not really. It's mostly Asian food. Uh, no, no, no. KFC. So, so do, do you know uh, how, do you, have you heard about how KFC 
is like a Japanese Christmas tradition to where like the I don't know what the KFC marketing team did, but sometime over the past like couple decades that I just know that a lot of people do consume like fast food on holidays. And I know KFC being like, you know, like a bucket for Christmas. And I just I don't know. I don't just because growing up, I didn't know what that represented. But I, I don't know like what the reason behind that is but I, I mean it seems super funny and it seems super cool almost you know what i mean it's super interesting to learn about those kinds of things yeah i think it's just really cool i think it's just really uh especially in like japan so in the country of japan okay. there's this whole thing about how, like all the kids looking forward to uh kfc for christmas like on christmas day they get kfc and that's what the meal is i'm, pr- I'm pretty sure i got this right uh and that's just like an interesting thing uh what was like oh i was gonna say something else um so even when I have Christmas or Thanksgiving, because I'm Vietnamese, a lot of the food that we eat for like Thanksgiving dinner, like it's less of like turkey and more of like wonton soup or uh, picking duck or uh, or like um, or like uh, like it's roasted uh, crispy skin pork. That's like an, like an Asian thing to where like uh, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's just uh, the the standard. Thanksgiving or Christmas food that I ate growing up is less of like the turkey and more it's it's very Asian yeah what about yourself that is incredible that is really cool that you say that that is actually like super dope that you say that this is what you eat because that's I love learning about cultures and how different backgrounds come together to explain like where I'm from what I eat why we do this in think on Thanksgiving our family typically likes to eat the traditional American Thanksgiving dinner right turkey ham um a sort of like maybe some i don't know i can't think of the words exactly but i'm imagining when i'm eating at the table right you know like hawaiian rolls are a big thing for sure um apple pie pecan pie pecan pecan however you want to call it however you want to say it it's just i just love that some like an abundance of food reminds me of home you know what i mean when it comes to Christmas, me being from a Mexican family, me being from a Hispanic and Latino background, tamales are, they're huge tamales, right? I know I said that in a very different way, but yes, tamales are delicious. Pozole, whether you like pozole verde, pozole rojo, they're great. Menudo, uh, barbacoa, if you like conchas, pan dulce, atole, cafe, de olla, you know, it's, these are all like really wonderful things, especially for Mexican tradition and culture. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think one of the things that really stuck out to me that you said is like an abundance of food reminds you of home. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's, especially, I don't know, there's also something about like, uh, and maybe this gets different as, as you get older, but like, especially, uh, what reminds me of home is like an abundance of food that like I didn't cook. Like someone else cooked it for me and, and it's like a gift to me. It's like, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And I totally agree with that because that is the one time of the year where you really go all out. If you really think about it, right? Like whether it be whatever holiday you may celebrate, like it really is a time of year where you go all out. Typically during the week, especially here in the United States, you know, it's I'm running late. So whatever I may have to run late to or I'm running late to something, I got to grab a cheeseburger, you know what I mean, at your local fast food restaurant. And just being able to actually like sit down and talk with people and just get fat on the sofa 
just eat and consume so much food. It just it reminds me of that. How you say how I or how I said home. It's a beautiful thing. Definitely represents a gift, a gift worth celebrating and a gift worth appreciating and knowing that it's just love and warmth all around. You know what I mean? It's it, it gives me like it gives me peace to my heart knowing that that's what those holidays are really representing. And even and even the just the hustle and bustle of the holidays I love. You know that you know like that feeling that like you go outside and you're like, "Oh, it's Christmas. I can feel it." And it's like a month before December 24th or like you smell outside the air and it's getting colder or there's a certain time like you just know that the holidays around the corner. The stores, you know, the, obviously the consumer market starts getting really busy. You can definitely see the presence of like on sale, this for that, and do this and whatnot. It's just knowing that is around the corner and getting that feel. It's like the same feeling you get when your favorite song starts playing. You're like, ooh, it's about to get good. You know what I mean? That's definitely like the feeling I would get just all around throughout the holidays. I know one feeling I like in the holidays is normally on Christmas Day, the grocery stores are closed. Oh, yes. Yeah. But, however, uh, so, so okay, let, let me give you a random. So, my, my Christmas has been the same for years. Basically, uh, I wake up in the morning and I go with my mom down to Chinatown because all the stores are open because they're all like, let, let's like, all the, the Asian grocery store is still open. Like, the, the restaurants, they're all still functioning completely normally because they're like, this is, this is another day. Uh, business is business. But uh, no, I, I think it's nice. And uh, we go in the morning, we get like a, a, a pecking duck, we get like the, 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 the crispy roast pork I was describing to you earlier. And then uh, we, have, we have these like spring rolls as well. We get those from Chinatown. Uh, so someone made them. And then we, uh, we, we, we take them back. And then I have basically I have my mom's side of the family, my dad's side. Usually my dad's side, we eat lunch. And then uh, we the whole thing. And then we, we start cooking. And then we start cooking some more food. And then like, like th- there's the food that we buy in Chinatown and there's food we make at home. And then we bring that to like my, my mom's side of the family. Uh, that we have, we, so we have lunch with my dad's side and dinner with my mom's side, and uh, yeah, no, it, it's just, uh, and it's the same Christmas every time. But there's something like when I walk into that grocery Asian grocery store in the morning, I'm like, it's Christmas. None of my friends are at the grocery store. It's me. <laughs> Christmas. I love being Asian. Love Asian Christmas in America. It's it's just different, you know. Yeah, I get that. That's so cool. That's so that's so like great to hear that. You know, especially from different from a different perspective. That's so, like, wonderful, and I definitely understand what you feel. Like, waking up, for me, probably one of my favorites is definitely Thanksgiving. I love Christmas as well, especially Christmas t- Christmas time for Mexican-American, you know, young people. It means your whole family is going to go back to their original place where they're from and celebrate with their loved ones. That's a beautiful thing, but definitely as... Me growing up in the United States and celebrating Thanksgiving, waking up Thanksgiving Day and knowing that the Macy's parade is going on, it's like a click. You're like, it's the holiday season. It just started. It just started, right? Like that's like a great feeling. And then Christmas, when you when you when you finally cross the border from the Mexico to the uh, from U.S. to Mexico, and you're like on your way now to your to your pueblo or to wherever you may be from, if you have the opportunity and the blessing to be able to do that to visit back home home and being you know your home country or wherever your parents may be from just knowing that you're there and just that big warm hug from your grandmother from your grandfather um 
your uncles, your aunts, everybody get dressing up nice, the smells of food, you know, like, like, that's just a wonderful thing. I definitely agree. Like, it's just the holidays are here. Love is here. Family is here. Peace is present. This is what matters and should matter to humans. It's that connection. It's that forget about everything else and just let's celebrate us. You know what I mean? Beautiful thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think uh, good, good, good discussion. Good talk. You have any parting words for the for the folks at home? Yeah, I'd say I know that for a lot of people, the holidays are a great thing, and for some, not so much. Prayers out to those who who struggle during the holiday season. I know that for us, in a cup in two months, Thanksgiving and the holiday season is about to begin. Um, for those who you know, struggle through this time, I really do hope and pray that you're able to find consolation in the people that are around you, if not the people, the love that you should receive and would be blessed to receive one day. You know, us being Catholics, we really believe in the sense of love and being Christ and, and what he shares and what he gives us. We hope that he can be with you and that he could give you himself in a sense in that love and in that care and that kindness and for those who do have family and who do have wonderful blessings present here on earth my biggest message is appreciate them with all your heart this world is complicated and it's dark and it is scary and it is terrifying sometimes and there's so much going on that we need time to breathe we need time to be ourselves and to understand that what truly matters is the small moments we share with each other. That is very present in the holidays. And that is very present in a hug from your family member they haven't seen in a while. And that's very present in the food you share and the community and just that warmth. You know what I mean? Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate it. Life is short. I only have 4,000 photos on my phone. I hope to have an infinite amount one day. But as you take these metaphorical metaphorical pictures remember where you've been appreciate that and understand that perhaps they're not going to be there forever so as you're there love them take care of them and keep living even when it's hard you can always go back and remind yourself of how beautiful those experiences were and as you move on know that it's all part of a bigger story so a part of a, it's all part of a bigger story it's all part of a bigger plan and everything will be all right everything will be okay thank you guys amen brother